Velkommen til denne episode af Klærkast med Jette Hartimer fra hjemmesiden hartimer.dk. Oktober 2009 gæstede den spirituelle lærer Chris Griscom København, hvor hun både holdt foredrag og en workshop. Foredraget var arrangeret af foreningen Lev Lykkeligt. Jeg optog hele foredraget og spurgte efterfølgende Chris Griscom, om jeg måtte bruge det på klærkast, hvilket hun med glæde og begejstring gav sit samtykke til. Optagelsen er ikke redigeret eller klippet, og du får derfor både meditationerne og publikums spørgsmål med. Foredraget har titlen Superhealth, Feelings, Body and Self-Healing. Sine Saxe Jessen fra Lev Lykkeligt byder hende velkommen. God fornøjelse. I met you actually. I didn't tell you I met you 10 years ago about Nine. in a workshop in Copenhagen with Svetrier. And uh, since then I saw your photos from Galisteo, yes. the desert, yes. the life institute and it was so beautiful. Uh, and and to me you was like some kind of an Indian woman. I don't know some white Indian woman and you always <laughs> been for me like this a face of strong Indian woman. Mm-hmm. That I am. <laughs> yeah, I would like to hear what you have to say tonight. Oh, well, good. I am ready to say it. <laughs> Do you want to book me? I actually need something. I'm a little shorter than the Danes. I don't know if you can see me in the back. This is going to be a problem. We need a little thing. Can you see me in the back? That's what I thought. I'll have to walk up and down then as I speak to you because I want to see you and I want you to see me uh, so that we're not at a distance from each other. When I was coming tonight, I took a ride in a taxi with a Pakistani and we discussed Denmark. He had lived here for 40 years and we discussed the president coming here. Of course, I'm a little bit, what can I say? Mm, smiling that all of that presence did not override what was right because the Olympics belonged to Rio and so I was very pleased that it wasn't just because a presence could come and make people do it so that you don't lose face and one of the things that I want to talk to you about tonight is how you and I can come to live in a world of our own where we are not afraid to lose face, where we don't live for the other people's approvals, where we don't live uh, with all of the masks. He and I were talking about materialism and uh, how um, it sometimes causes us to forget who we are, to find what it is that's true for us and meaningful in our lives. So you're having a financial crisis. Well, you're not alone. Uh, we're, we're already through that, or I don't know if we're through that, no, but we're in it as well. The whole world is in it, really. And it's asking us to see what it's about for us. Because nothing happens to you, not the smallest little thing, not the little whisper of a friend, not the smile of a stranger, that doesn't mean something in life. And we have to wake up so that, as my higher self, the intuitive essence of my soul says to me, 
Use life. Use life. How can you use this financial disaster rather than having it use you? Well, one way to help the heart or to help that sense that we're all right, we are all right, is to find what's really inside us and also to make a catapultant leap onto new levels of inventiveness, of creativity, of entrepreneurial energetics and shed from us the anxiety because the more anxious we get about our relations, about our emotions, about our bodies, about our finances, the more we squeeze. I've had, and if those of you who know me know this, I've had six near-death experiences. And on the last one, they did something that blew out my heart, stopped my heart uh, for a long time, actually. And I learned something after that because the electrical system didn't work anymore. So I would be walking along and suddenly I would have a heart attack. I would have two or three heart attacks a day. Uh, and what I learned was whenever you begin to worry just a little bit, how's it going to come out? What do I need to do? What's going to happen? Uh, as soon as you start doing that, you actually are squeezing. You are shutting off your radiance. You are shutting off your magnificent energies. And when you squeeze, you kill your body. You kill your creativity. You kill your brilliance. And you become invisible. And then you become the problem, not the solution. And what I know is that all of us are the solution, not the problem. And so we have to find the way in or back or to the true self. And we can talk about that in many ways tonight. I came to talk about super health. I came to talk about how we manifest, whether that's money or love or success on any level. But true success has to come from something that radiates inside us and comes out from us. So. What does it take to begin to find that success? What, what kind of energies do we have to wield to take our place in the world? So I want to go back to the squeezing again for a moment. In the past, we've always thought that we have no control over our hearts. We have no control over any of the organs of our bodies that the autonomic nervous system does its own thing. And so one of the greatest fears of most people, if you're over 20, but until you're 20, 25, maybe even 30, it never occurs to you that you could actually die sometime. We think, the 25-year-old thinks you're going to live forever. Uh, but then the doubt starts creeping in, and the separation from the body starts to begin. And so, we have these profound fears that the body is going to do it to us, that we can't trust our bodies. Men and women have this problem. Poor men, they can't fake anything. They have to be able to perform. And women can fake it all. But it costs us. And that right there at that point of sexuality, at that point of our inner essence of relationship, is the whole story. Whenever you wear the mask, you lose the self. You lose the self. When you lose the self, how can you give to this world? 
How can you be the solution? How can you go beyond where the money's flowing? Or in fact, what I hope we can work on tonight is how you get the money to flow to you. And how humans, and especially those of us who feel that spirituality is very important in terms of our success, how we learn to wield, again, all experiences in life. So what is true is that you can and do squeeze your heart. And you can and do squeeze your kidneys and your stomach. And whenever you do that, then the body reacts to you. See those people coughing over there? Whenever people are coughing, you know that you haven't hit the mark, that they're starting to wiggle a little bit. So if you cough tonight, I'm going to say, uh-huh, I'm squeezing you <laughs> somehow. <laughs> because it's too late for us to just chat. Really, it is. It's too late for pontificating. It's too late for philosophy. It's time on this planet for those of us who are here to create something, to do something. In the past, we always said, if you're a great being, if you're a great being, then it's, it is the beingness, not the doing. Because you're either here or there. If you're doing, you will forget who you are. Well, I watch at least the young people in this world, and they multitask like mad. And they don't lose for a second. This string and this string and this string and this string all at the same time. And so we could say that, again, the technologies that are coming to us don't have to be negative. They are evolving us because they are changing the way our brain patterns work. And when we talk about success, and we talk about, according to my Pakistani tax, taxi driver, the amount of depression that we have here in this gray world that you're living in uh, for now for a very long period of time, uh, we have to find how it is that by our doing and our being, we can choose what it is that we experience in life and who we are, and so that we can bypass the, let's see if I get this right, Anagreta, Yintalo. <laughs> can we bypass it? Can we somehow shed from ourselves uh, that place that says, don't be too visible, don't be too, too out there, just hold the fort, as we would say in our American Indian language. Hold the fort. So there are so many places that we could start. And I think we're going to start with the physical body. Now, the physical body is actually controlled by the emotional body. And so if we want to talk about super health tonight, or we want to talk about relationships, or success, or money, or anything else, we're going to have to talk about the vehicle that we are using. because. One of the difficulties in technology is that we have learned to be talking heads. Do you know what I mean by talking heads? Everything is up here. You know, we, we think we know everything, but really we know almost nothing. Because until the body radiates it. And one of the things that I think is very important to talk to you about, whether you are running a business or wishing you were, uh, 
or thinking about how to be successful is that every human is an electrical instrument. You are putting out electrical pulses. And those electrical pulse, pulses are actually read by everyone else around you. And so they can tell, certainly any child before they're 16, can, and they've sort of closed that down, can tell when you're angry, when you're happy, when you're depressed, when you're fighting with someone. They can pick that up in you in a second because we are all connected through this electrical pulse that goes from us. It comes from the trees, it comes from the earth, it comes from the rocks, it comes from everything. And within that electrical pulse is the message of how we feel about ourselves. So you can say, I'm a powerful being and I'm running this business or this family or this whatever you're running. And everybody will go, oh really? I don't think so. Because they can see your fear. They can smell your fear. We think that only horses and dogs can smell our fear, but humans smell it very well. We just smell it a little bit differently. And so we are constantly telling each other what's true. If you begin to use consciousness and the laws of energy, you can begin to direct the message that's coming out from you, whether that's to attract a lover, or whether that's to allow the body not to squeeze but to open up so it can actually be healthy, or whether it's to get others to agree with you so that you can, whatever it is that you want to manifest. So we have to stretch your minds a little bit. Some of you know all this stuff. Some of you will cough and shake your heads. But I hope to seed you tonight in such a way that you wiggle inside your skin and you begin to actually feel what it's like to choose who you are and not have your mother and your father choose who you are or the society choose who you are or anyone else, but that you choose and that you begin to stretch out the possibilities that are all around us. Because what happens when the world is doing this, which is what's going on right now. The global world is getting smaller. We're getting more visible. We can't hide as well. Uh, what happens in our finances, as you have seen, happens to your finances. What happens to your finances happens to our finances. And so we have to begin to understand and communicate with each other in different ways. We have to develop ourselves to evolve the soul so that we humans are different than we have been in the past. And you may think it's very comfortable here. That's one of the things he said. He said, oh, everyone here just likes to be comfortable. I said, good. <laughs> Let's see if we can give a little cosmic boot here. There's nothing I'm afraid of talking about. There's nothing that society says, best not discuss that, or this group won't approve of that, or this group has a different philosophy or different uh, thought form. And where did I get that freedom? Not because I was born in the land of the, of the true, of the land of the free and the brave, as we call ourselves. Ha. No, not because of that. Death has taught me that. And death has taught me super health. And death has taught me juice. And I have come here to, to, to blow it out for you uh, so that when you leave here tonight, you allow yourselves the juice that you were born with because... Indeed, in the cosmic 
span of things. This life, I think we have infinite lifetimes, but this lifetime is not even a blink. It's not even a blink. And uh, our idea is that we are born and we struggle and then we die. They don't serve the world now. It doesn't have to be true. There are people in other parts of the world that live to be 120. Women that give birth at 60. I don't know why you'd want to, but they can and they do. So well, we want to begin to consider inside ourselves what and whom are the templates that inspire us to stretch out from the constriction, uh, whether that's a squeezing in the body again, or a squeezing in our emotions, or a squeezing in our uh, concepts of how to do something great. I was really quite surprised to, to hear the extent of people talking about this crisis in Denmark, because you see, in New Mexico, you guys are heroes to us because you are on the front line of solar power and, and all this renewable energy, and uh, you're not sucking from the planet. And people are saying, well, just go to Denmark. They've got the system. And you are very good at sh um, shredding away the fluff. Look at your architecture. Uh, look at your paintings. Look at the way you do it. And, and if ever there's been a time where one could become wealthy, successful, uh, visible, and leaders in the world, Denmark, it's now and it's you. It's you because you have dared to say, put up the windmill, pump the water, do this, and live this. Walk your talk. There is so much health to be given. There's so much money to be made. There's so much um, uh, mirroring to be offered. So don't sleep through your lives. Don't sleep through this moment. And I want to say before I go on too much further that whether we talk about the specifics of super health or whatever we talk about tonight, it depends on you not being afraid of your questions and giving it to me so that I can give you hands-on. This is one of the good things about not being way up there away from you. Hands-on uh, opportunities to do whatever you want to change or whatever you want to uh, move into uh, in this world at this moment. So we're going to start with squeezing. That was a long way around. You'll find that I tend to go the hologram. Sometimes people say, what is the hologram? Well, it's seeing something all the way around the circle. What are all the possibilities? Because it's only then that you can become a genius. 10% of our brain is what we use. We're sleeping, we're sleeping. 12% is considered a genius. Where's the rest of it? What are we doing with the possibilities that are being offered to us because the old ways aren't working? The old ways aren't working. If we want to come out of this financial slump, it's not going to be the way that it's always happened before. You guys are going to have to come up with something, whatever it is, to collectively uh, dancing with this incredible potential that we have available to us and you have very specifically available to you.
But let's go back to our bodies. It was very interesting because a couple of months ago I thought, oh yes, I'm going to Denmark. Let's see now. I, I said I would talk about health because I think that's one thing everybody cares about one way or another. And I've been working in health for 52 years, for 52 years. And uh, I've learned from the old guys and the new guys about what makes the body tick. And above all, I've learned from death and babies and my own body, what makes bodies work. And so I thought, I'll just make a little booklet. So when I say, thump your ears, and it will completely change your brain, you'll get it right now. And I, I don't go around with 90 people trying to show you how to thump your ears, you know, and access the inner brain in there. Um, but as soon as I started to do that, my higher self, which always jerks me around, said, no, 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 forget prevention. Forget all that stuff. You have to go to the next octave. And so what is the next octave? When we talk, thinking about super health or, or anything, it means instead of preventing, because think about what prevention is. Prevention is it could happen. I don't want it to happen, so I'll do this, and, I'll, and then maybe it won't happen. We do this financially. We do this emotionally. We do this physically, don't we? That's not good enough because your thought forms are still, it's going to get me. And we must come away from the old primordial idea of survival. You did not come to your families, to this culture, to this language, to this place to survive. You did not. And who's going to care? You came here to give a gift. And what is that gift? It's a gift of consciousness. It's a gift of knowing. It's a gift of creativity. It's a gift of life. And so the old primordial energies of just win the argument, uh, um, grab the woman by the hair, <laughs> um, amplify the tribe, uh, take over the other person's food or land, that's not what we're about. It's just not what we're about. Our children are going to go beyond the moon. Probably some of your grandchildren will live on Mars. I'm not kidding. In New Mexico, we, have, we are building right now the first public space station for people to go into space. We're already building it. You now, life is changing. Reality is changing. So, <laughs> we can't squeeze. We have to open up. But to open up, we have to even know that we're squeezing. Because again, I had to you know, have it be so intense in my body, there was no way to avoid knowing that I was squeezing. Anytime I got a little bit anxious, because we should talk about uh, everybody's favorite word, which is stress tonight. I, I see it a little bit differently. Um, get a little stressed, get a little anxious, and you start squeezing. You squeeze your kidneys. In Chinese medicine, we say our kidneys are our ancestral chi. That means that whatever happened to your grandparents, to your great-great-great-great-grandparents, has passed down. Their experiences have become your genetics. And they begin by sitting in your kidneys, which is where we hold fear. And our kidneys feed our hearts. Gee, I wonder why we have so much heart trouble today. 
We are afraid. What are we afraid of? Not the unknown, because we have no point of reference to the unknown. We are afraid of ourselves. And so, time to give that up. And the best way to do that is to become aware, and simple way, of where we're squeezing. Because where we're squeezing will begin to tell us why we're squeezing. Because the body is like a constellation. And that's why I use the body. You know, I have a tremendously expanded consciousness. Uh, a tremendously expanded consciousness. But I have learned that all knowing, all possibility must pass through your body, not through your head, through your body. Every cell has mind. Every cell is a threshold into possibility, into history, into future. And so we have to see the body differently. So we're going to do what we call exercises in consciousness tonight. And we're going to start with this squeezing thing uh, so that you can realize that you're not alone in your body and your body is not alone separate from you. Your body's trying to talk to you all the time. Every time you get a little headache, every time you get a little thrill, every time your heart pounds, it's saying, hey, are you, are you there? Are you paying attention to me? Our bodies can give us ecstatic frequencies. We've just never learned how to hold on to them long enough to actually use them. You know, one moment of orgasm and, and we fall asleep. Instead of ecstasy and rapture and bliss and being able to open ourselves so that we use that energy to heal our bodies. Again, working 52 years in health, uh, I discovered that there has never been, never will be any disease or anything that happens to your body that doesn't have an emotional source. And that's why it's so important for us to spin this hologram together tonight. And so what we're going to do is simply close your eyes and look into your body and just ask your body, where am I squeezing at this moment? So that your body can talk to you. Because if your body talks to you, then you can talk to your body, and your body will do anything you want. So close your eyes, take a deep breath into your body, and say, body, where am I squeezing? Is it an organ? Is it a place in the body? Where am I squeezing? And again, we squeeze in contraction because it's connected to fear. And just take your first impression. You might hear a place or an organ in your body or see it or feel it. Where are you squeezing in your body at this moment? And when you get that impression of where that is, then bring your awareness into that place in your body so that at this moment, not your business, not your relationships, not the future, not the television, there's nothing more important to you than what's going on in that little part of your divine vehicle. So go into that place where you're squeezing. And Allow yourself to perceive it. What's it like? Is it dark? Is it wet? Does it feel like wood? Does it feel like stone? Does it feel heavy? What is that squeezing like?
ask your, that place in your body, what frequency of light, because the body is made of light, it needs to stop squeezing, to let the blood flow, to let the chi, the energy flow, all of the fluids, all of the awareness of the body to flow through that place. What color does it need? Color is a universal language. Just take the first color that pops into your consciousness. And whatever you get, pass that beautiful light into that place in your body. Like as if you were lasering it in. We are the technology of the future. Ask me about that in a while. Laser that light right into that place in your body so that that, that color dissolves the fear, the contraction, the squeezing. Breathe deeply. Pass it through your body. This is for you, body. It's the main way of healing the body. This is for you, body. Give it that light and open your eyes. If you did that every night when you went to bed, if you did that every morning when you woke up, the energy that you would carry when you walk into a boardroom, a business room, a bus, uh, an office building, a house, wherever you're walking, down the street, on an airport, wherever you're walking, people will turn around and look at you. They'll see you. They'll connect. And that's how we're successful. And that's how we use life, is that we're visible. People don't see things that squeeze. If you want to be invisible, just squeeze, and you'll be invisible. So let's be visible now. And uh, I'd like for some of you to just tell me where you found out you were squeezing at this moment. Lift your hands and tell me. Come on, come on, come on. Yes. Your throat. That's a very important place for squeezing because it has to do with telling your truth and speaking what's true for you and being visible. And we say that the point of knowing and the heart come together at the throat. So this is, this is the way that we change the past because we speak, we communicate. And so a lot of people have that. How many of you smoke? Come on, come on, fess up. Oh, come on. I don't believe you. I've been in your airports. <laughs> Not very many. Wow, that's great. And if you put a pendulum, you know, this little thing that measures energy, any kind of instrument that measures energy in front of somebody's throat when they've been smoking, it just stops dead. It stops life. And so it's a theme. It's telling a story. It's saying, I'm much more comfortable if I have something interfering, if I have a chance to... I used to smoke, so I can, I can do this game. You know, then you get to think and you get to wait a minute. You don't have to leap off the precipice and then you enter into the social scene or you enter into whatever it is there. So our throats, this is, this is the place, probably the place, of all humans at this time, right here. You raised your hand. Yeah. 
at the right side. In the right side, right yeah. there. Uh, above the waist and below as well? Uh, mostly above. Yes. So that's the right kidney. And that um, is, again, the deepest energy in the body where we naturally hold fear. But it's the right, so it's the yang kidney. So it has to do with the whisperings, again, of the inner self being visible, showing the inner self. And so, you know, when your body speaks to you like that and you, and you let that go, if you think about what the kidney does, filtering it out, anything you, you need to get rid of, and then you, you open it up, a lot of the emotional energies about here I am uh, start to change. So that's great. What color was it that you needed in there? Green. Green. So each color we know scientifically has a different frequency, speed of light, uh, because they are light. So green is the central one. We're beginning to see beyond that. You know, our primary colors, we're seeing opalescence and translucence and even uh, and pearlescence and even colors that we don't know what they are because we are evolving. But green, again, is a, is a point of healing and balance. So the body's brilliant. We don't have to think it in our heads. We don't have to look it up in a book. You know, it's right here. This is the source of, of wisdom for us and it changes every moment. Thank you. Anyone else want to speak? Yes. Great. That's perfect. That's your diaphragm that comes in. It's, it's this wonderful little string muscles that attach to the rib cage along here. And it's where we hide emotions. And when we squeeze the diaphragm in there, then the, our emotional energy doesn't come up into the heart, which is what we're trying to do. We don't want to cry. We don't want to touch that. So we just, we just close it off down here because underneath that is the solar plexus, the seat of the emotional body, the center of the emotional body. So the diaphragm is a part of being able to breathe deeply. Uh, whenever you talk to stress management people, they will always say, breath whoever they are, whether they're working with heads of state or heads of businesses or heads of whatever, breathe, or children, breathe. Expand that ribcage. And maybe if, if you're interested, I will show you how to do that tonight. One other, uh, yes? Also my stomach, below the, the whole area or just kind of below the belly button? or Below. below. I ask that because, you know, your belly button is how you're attached to your mother. So when we start talking about emotions, we're talking about what we pull into ourselves. And as we talk about the healing of the body or self-healing, the most important thing you could ever learn is to be aware when you are sucking energy. Because before you were born, you sucked all the emotional energy as well as the blood uh, through your umbilical cord from your mother. And so little children uh, continue to do that. And uh, if you are pulling in the energy around you, uh, probably you'll be sick all the time. So one of the great teachings of my own inner voice, my higher self, is to anytime you are depressed or feel negative or tired, stop for a moment and just say, is this mine? Is this mine? 
you'll be really surprised that about 90% of the time the body will say, no, it's not yours. Why? Because you've been sucking in other people's energy. It's an, autom it's an automatic reflex until we learn to be visible and to move our energy out. So below that umbilical is the small intestine. Uh, the transverse intestine, the small intestine. The small intestine is where we digest life. So, you know, how many of us are digesting life? And we have uh, intestinal problems, or we have bellies. I notice that men uh, really get bellies, and it's not the amount of beer you've been drinking. It has nothing to do with that. It really has to do with the shielding and that conversation, the stress of not being overwhelmed by life. So I can segue from there into the conversation of stress because whatever you came here for tonight, uh, we definitely want to talk about that because it's the inward <laughs> in psychology and healing and business and everything else is stress. Our great-grandparents had a lot more stress than we do. Their life could end at any second. We just might lose $100,000 or a boyfriend or uh, something like that. Uh, but we know we're going to go on tomorrow. Whereas they had life and death facing them. And so what I found about stress is that it's really the energy of being overwhelmed by life. Overwhelmed. How am I going to make it? How am I going to do it? How am I going to, how am I going to snag it? Uh, how am I going to survive? That's all it is. It's just mostly chatter going on up here uh, about who we think we are and what's bigger or stronger than us. And as I was saying, as a global group, we have to get over king of the mountain. It just doesn't work to have one person on top anymore. Uh, we can't do it. Why? Because we've gone so far that we can really destroy each other. And that's called de-evolution. So I think that everyone feels that. Maybe you feel it 20 times a day. And this overwhelms me, that overwhelms me, the other overwhelms me. Sometimes it's because we're not in the present. If you're just in the present, if you were just watching like that glass over there, you know, it's really amazing watching the rain for me because it never rains where I live unless it just pours and puts you under the water. Never does that in the windows. We never look around us. We never look at each other. Look at these beautiful eyes here. You have beautiful eyes. We never see each other. We never see the possibility. And so, of course, we're overwhelmed. We're taught to be overwhelmed. We suck in overwhelm from our mothers and fathers by the time we're four. We know what overwhelm is. So if we're going to have super health, if we're going to shift ourselves tonight, then we, we want to move away from that. At the Light Institute, there's two ways that we work with those kinds of emotional, physical, spiritual threads. Uh, we can either look into what's overwhelming us. Typically what we do is say, those guys are overwhelming me because they're doing, they're doing it to me. My body's doing it to me. My boss is doing it to me. My government's doing it to me. Somebody's doing it to me. Instead of, what shall I do? 
And that's where we have to come if we're going to have super health or we're going to invent something and change your economy or, or whatever is important to you. So we can either clear away by seeing a point of reference of something that overwhelms us. You might have had an experience of being overwhelmed when you were seven. And that imprint is playing on you now. You're still, you've just superimposed it or projected it onto the life that you're living right now. And you are emotionally waiting to be overwhelmed. Because when you're overwhelmed, ah, there's one good thing about being overwhelmed. It's not our fault. We get to be the victims. I can't do it because. Because, because, because of the outside world. So I'm not at fault uh, that I'm not powerful or that I don't feel powerful or that I don't change the world. So um, that's been a lovely crutch that we all use everywhere in the world, and it's time to end it. The other way to do that is to go into a memory uh, or, or a frame of reference when we felt powerful. It could be a time when you did something physically in your body, or it could be some, a time when you, when you, really, uh, you really liked yourself, you really again, spoke your truth, or, or you were loving, you were able to get over whatever the little uh, wall was. Um, it could be a time when you felt connected to the cosmos. Because in the end, <laughs> there is no life without that energy, without that divine energy, beyond our concepts of it. Not conceptually, but energetically. And that's what we want to touch tonight, is how do we begin to understand that something starts as energy, electromagnetic energy, like our bodies. And then we grab it and we put it where we need it to be. You can take uh, a memory that you had of being powerful on any level, intellectually, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and become aware of that energy and then superimpose it on where do you need power now in your lives. Where do you need to shift something so that you can go on? Because the laws of science are energy never dies. It just changes form. And you know how sometimes in a group, one person seems to be the powerful one, and then all of a sudden it changes, and somebody else is leading the group. That all has to do with the direction and the flow of energies. That's why all of these ancient civilizations did all of their Tai Chi and their Qigong and their and their martial arts and all that stuff because they understood that directional conversation of energy. So I think we'll do it in the positive, um, which means that we're just going to allow ourselves to remember, and it doesn't matter whether you were two or it was today uh, or anywhere in between, a moment in your life where you were not overwhelmed, where you knew that you could step right up and I know how to do this, uh, so that you can have that now, dissolve it from its original content, but begin to be aware of what does that feel like? Did you feel like pounding your chest? Was it a very young thing? Or was it a deep, deep sense of knowing? How did, it, how did you perceive it? Because if you can't perceive it, you can't wield it. And therefore, you're on automatic pilot because 
the tragedy for all of us, because we are so powerful, is nobody's going to fix it for us. Nobody's going to fix it for us. We are. So close your eyes. Take a deep breath into your body. Now ask your brilliant body, and by the way, the body holds memories from the moment before your conception. So there's, the body can access any memory at any time. Ask your body to take you into a moment, into a memory or experience in this lifetime when you were not overwhelmed, when you felt that energy of you stepping forward, you engaging on any level. And just see what memory comes. Again, it doesn't matter if it's a tiny little thing when you were a child. It's the energy of being bigger than problems, bigger than situations, bigger than anything that could overwhelm you. So just breathe deeply and ask, show me. Show me a moment when I was really moving. When you get that memory, when it starts to form for you, just take a deep breath and enter into the scene as if it were happening now. Is it daytime? Is it nighttime? Who's there? Are you influencing something or someone else? This is very important for leaders, for people who have the responsibility of others, this kind of exercise in consciousness. What was going on? Now ask your body where it's holding this memory. Again, just take your first impression. Where is that memory stored in your physical body? Bring your consciousness into that place and prick open the encapsulation of the memory so that you let that energy flow through and nourish your cells. Just let yourself be reminded and come again as if it were now to feel. What does that feel like? Does it feel happy? Does it feel vibrant? And then... Once you have a sense of it and you're nourishing your cells so they can align to it, let the memory go so it's not tethered to that memory and radiate that energy out from you now. Extend it out to the world so that, again, imagining that people are aware of the messages you're putting out. Put out that message. I'm not overwhelmed. I know the answer. I know. I can do it. I can do it. I am that. Radiate it out. You can superimpose that energy over your family, over your jobs, and then extend it out. Extend it out into the future. 
And imagine that as you're extending it out into the future, that it bumps into future possibility, as if it were actually a rubber thing, boom, bumping into something. And when you feel it bump into future possibilities and probabilities, take a deep breath and feel as if you're pulling that energy, the possibilities, back into your body so that your body aligns with, I can be it, I can do it, and there are a thousand opportunities for me. And you begin to give permission to allow that to happen to you. Because mostly we don't give ourselves permission. And let that energy enter you, spread through you. Take a deep breath and open your eyes. That looks nice. That looks nice. You know, we can actually have our eyes open and send that message. A message that says, I'm not overwhelmed. I can do it. I am that. There's nothing that keeps you from it. There's certainly nobody outside you, no culture that keeps you from it except your own impressions of who you are and your unwillingness and willingness to leap off the precipice. So now that you're strong and you're visible a little bit, what do you want to know tonight? What do you want to discover or play with? We can do hands-on anything. We can talk about anything. I want you to teach me so I can give it back to you. Who has something they really want to have happen? Yes. Okay, you're, take a deep breath because you're going to hate what I have to say. She said forgiveness. Take a deep breath because our religions and our cultures and our families have said we, all we need is forgiveness and everything will be fine. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. We, I hear it all the time. I forgave my father. I forgive my husband. I forgive these guys. But we're in knots. And we have stomach trouble. And we never laugh. And uh, uh, we feel alone. So you can't forgive in your head. And here's the cosmic giggle. Nobody needs your forgiveness, and you don't need to forgive anyone. Because on a spiritual level, anyone who is, you've allowed to hurt you, people really hate it when I say this, anybody who you've allowed to hurt you is a soul friend who's helping you learn a lesson that you don't have to learn through pain. We are emotionally addicted to pain because we have emotional DNA that comes with us. That's why any mother, and I'm the mother of six, will tell you that in the womb, before it's even two months in the womb, a baby has a personality because a baby has a memory packet. Maybe they inherited anger or, or humor or something from their aunts, uncles, relatives, psychogenetically. They have energetics. They have choices and they are addicted to those choices. So if you could actually open your consciousness and see 
Why did this happen? And that's what our work is about. Why does this happen to me, from me, about me, with me? Then forgiveness doesn't continue to be the theme. You don't need to forgive those guys outside you. You probably need to forgive you. You need to come to a place where you can surrender to what happens in life. And again, as we say at the Light Institute, what is the gift? What is the gift of that experience? How terrible it is. There's something that the soul learns from it. And the soul never said, okay, now we're going to rub your nose in it. You deserve to suffer. No, that's a human concept. We've even gone so far as to say that God will like you better if you suffer. Now, that's really a, a, finny, a funny one. Anybody with any intellect, even without any intellect, <laughs> can realize that what creator would ever choose to have its creation suffer? No mother would do that. No father would do that. Why do we think anything else that creates would do that, that create something destructive? No, no. We have free will, so we, des we design that ourselves. So what you want to do is to let go of I need to forgive this one or this one, or even I need to forgive me, and to explore how can you use it? How can you use it? Not how you can continue suffering because of it, but how can you use that to become more compassionate? That's what forgiveness is supposed to be about. It's an energy. It's not a concept. It's an energy. If we have compassion, if we see through the actions, we find something different. I know that because I worked in prisons. I worked uh, in the men's penitentiary, uh, national penitentiary in Bolivia. And so I worked with men who had been tortured and uh, who were rapists and all of that stuff. And they taught me that, be careful about that judgment stuff. You, know, uh, you don't know why someone chooses an experience. And so compassion means honoring the power of a soul to choose an experience to grow, and giving what you can give so that people stop learning that way <laughs> and choose health. Scientifically, we do not have to continue dying, certainly not at 70 and 80. We do not have to. It's not really the way the body works. We have repertoire, we have templates of people that live to be 150. Why do we die? Why do we get old? Why do we stop feeling juicy? <laughs> it's not coming from the body. It's coming from here. It's coming because of the stress of life, because we feel overwhelmed. And so what happens is that we have receptor cells, and when our master glands which is the essence of super health. When our master glands put out hormones and the juice that would keep us young forever, fluid and flexible and delicious and sexy and happy and all that, and creative, those master glands put out that good juice and the receptor cells go, oh, I'm tired of that stuff. I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. Just go away. And our receptor cells shut down. So if you want to have super health, you don't have to think about how many vitamins do you have to take, how many whatevers you have to do. You'll have to go deep inside your body and check out your receptor cells. Anybody alive in there? Anybody want some? 
You know, it's amazing how tired we get of life because we feel overwhelmed. And so we want to choose to not be overwhelmed. We want to choose what supports us. We want to take those memories. And the problem is that the good memories, and hopefully all of you got some. I want to see your hands. Did anybody not get a moment when you felt powerful or you felt stronger than something overwhelming? Was there anyone that didn't get one? Good. That's why I like coming here. Oh, come on. <laughs> and do it again. Do it again. It's much more easy. It would have been very easy. I could have had you in the palm of my hand if I had said, let's work at um, that which makes us sorrowful or angry or the deep em uh, negative emotions. We remember all of those. In fact, talking about forgiveness, we can count up and do all the time all the reasons why our partners and everybody else are bad and we're justified to stick it to them you know or to have vengeance or to turn them away turn away from them or or all of those things that we do in our lives uh, because negativity is heavy and it stimulates your electrical body it stimulates your biochemical body every time you feel anger or fear or depression it creates a biochemical stimulus from your adrenals from your kidneys that rushes through your solar plexus up the vagus nerve into the brain. The brain says, I'm overwhelmed. I can't stand this. And that's who you think you are. In fact, have you ever noticed that sometimes people really hate it if you're silly? If you're, if you're really happy, people are annoyed by you. We have a classification for that in Chinese medicine. We call it the full heart. And uh, full-hearted people are laughing and singing all the time. Sometimes they're killers, too. Sometimes it's an, a defense mechanism. But they're just oozing. They can't sit still, and they can't stop, and they can't shut up. And we just wish they'd go away, because we don't feel that way. And so it's very annoying when somebody else does. Yeah, right? And so it's time for us, maybe, to seed in the outside world that it's really you know, uh, available for us, to forget what they are doing with it and feel what it does for us because it will make you successful. It will make everybody look at you. And so get over not wanting to be looked at. That's another thing about super health. You have to get over your idea about what is a super body. I would over your idea about what is a super body. I would pound my chest right now, but this thing would go off. <laughs> and in fact, one of the best ways to have a super body is to pound your chest so that you so that you stimulate your thymus gland, which is the point of protection in your body. So a little pounding of your chest every morning. Ah, pretty soon. Because faith is some, a word like forgiveness that we use a lot. And it means... It means, never mind what your mind thinks, trust. Trust in God, trust in you, trust in life. The only problem with faith is, is that we do, at this point in our evolution, have very evolved uh, intellects. And so we have a lot of problems with that because faith often asks us to put aside what's obvious to us. Like for me, it's very obvious that no creator makes something and then says it's, wants it to be destroyed. That doesn't make sense to me. 
And so I can't have faith in that. I can't have faith that there's a creator that wants to punish us. Mm -mm. And so I would change that energy of faith, uh, maybe to uh, feel what it is for you, uh, a place where you embrace something. Why do you embrace it? Not because someone told you to, not because it'll make you good in, in the divine's eyes, but because it nourishes you. So faith, when it supports us, I work with a lot of people when they're dying. And faith is an important word because uh, when they're dying, they begin wondering, is my consciousness going to go on? Am I going to live past this body? What's going to happen to me now? And that's when they suddenly begin those kinds of conversations. But it's really wonderful when they can come to something that isn't superimposed upon them, that isn't taught to them, um, because that's what you're supposed to do but it's something that they actually feel energetically. So all things are good if you feel them energetically. But if you only hold them in your head and only hold them in a cultural perspective or a religious perspective because that's what you were taught, then probably at the end you're going to be very uncomfortable. Because the beautiful thing about death, and again I've been with so many people at the moment of their death, is that truth holds sway. They find truth. Truth holds sway. That means they feel what's true. They touch what's true. And, and not what they're supposed to or what somebody else said or, or any of those things. They, they have that moment of truth. And it brings them to a flash of life. And in fact, one of the things that, that you can see, not just psychically, but actually physically, uh, if you're watching, is that when a person takes their last breath, when they, when, when they pass from their bodies, when the soul passes, there is an explosion of light. There actually is. It's not a, an ending as much as it's a beginning. There's a freedom that occurs. You did your job. May it have been done well. And may you know that you did it well. So dying is very much of a part of living. And uh, so we need to massage faith in such a way that it nourishes us, uh, not just comforts us in our heads. That's a different question. Yes? Why do you think so few men in this room? Um, it has to do with losing face. Actually, I think there's quite a number of men in this room. Um, um, I like to think uh, that it's because uh, men are realizing that just being king of the mountain isn't really enough. You know, you can have all the wealth. Not that I'm against wealth. I think wealth is great. I think we haven't learned how to use abundance yet. The, the more that we have of wealth, the more that we can wield it in a way that gives life purpose. But I think that often men have had it drilled into them. It has to be an intellectual thing. It has to be proven. It can't be something that's a gut reaction or it can't be a sensitivity. Uh, even spirituality is, has so many uh, veils of this is funny stuff. When in actuality, what I love is that science is beginning to prove that there's an emotional DNA and to prove all these things that, that all of us know deep in our hearts. You know, uh, now at the Light Institute, uh, sometimes we have half men and half women as long as they go by themselves. 
but we have an intensive, uh, very often it's mostly women. Why? Because men are still hesitant to show that feminine, spiritual, uh, sensitive energy. And yet, I work with CA, uh, CEOs, I work with presidents of banks, of, of corporations, of men who have power, men in politics, men who really wield the stuff. And I have never, ever worked with a person who's really successful, big-time successful, who doesn't completely use their intuition. And that's probably who's sitting in this room. People, men, who know that you have to, you have, to have a sense of it. If, if people had used that sense, the stock markets uh, wouldn't have been such a disaster. And for a lot of the people that I work with, they weren't. They weren't. Because they had that synergy. They listened to their own inner voice. And it's, you know, you can chart it and you can do all that stuff. Why not? We created technology. We just give all the power to the, t to the technology. My higher self says that in the future, technology, machines, will become organic. And it w the world will be very different. I don't know that I love that idea, but that's the information that I feel is true inside. So, and, you know, uh, honor yourselves and know that we have much to learn on all levels. What kind of society, what kind of a world will there be if, if we can't all look at our emotions? Why are we killing each other now? We can't continue to do that. War doesn't work. The only reason we still do it now is that we're disconnected from the things in life that have meaning. And nobody keeps you from that at any, at any moment. And this is what happens. In fact, you can, you can put it on a graph. Men, at about 42, what we call masculine menopause, 40 to 42, 40 to 44 in there, Begin, just begin the whisper of, this isn't enough. I want something new. Now, sometimes they get a new wife or a new job <laughs> or something like that. They do it in the outside. Outside world. Uh, but even when they start with the outside world, it's because something's moving inside that wants to be heard. Uh, a wisdom that we have, a, a knowing that we have. And so, all of us, we look to the outside world, don't we? But eventually, later or sooner, or at the moment of death, you'll get that the outside world really won't do it for you. Doesn't mean it isn't great. We're not here to be in caves. Profound spiritual energies are right there in the middle of lovemaking, right there in the middle of business rooms right there, everywhere where we are, because it comes through us. It's our essence. So um, I don't ever think, wow, there's more women than men here, besides the fact that some women are more men than they are women. <laughs> and some men are more <laughs> women than they are men. No, we have fascinating compositions and reasons for that. What else? Yes. I also have a question. Yes. 
How do you know when you are uh, within your true self or in your essence or being, as uh, as opposed to it's your personality that's sort of running? The yes. Show? That's a wonderful question. How do we know if it's our true self or just our personality or our ego? First of all, we should get over the thing about our personalities and our egos. I know probably many of you are psychologists or work in the the field of counseling or or, uh, mental health. But what I learned uh, about egos is that they have a purpose. But the thing that allows the personality to expand and include which is a very feminine quality, maybe one of the reasons men are beginning to look at that, uh, is that the spiritual energy feeds and makes us whole. And that's the only thing that makes us whole. But we need that point of reference because you are here, you have chosen to be in body. You've chose your parents and you've chosen to be here. And so you have a purpose. And it's not some intellectual faldera, it's your breath. It's your presence. And so the inner voice is something that we, that we have to learn to connect with. In the same way we were doing, what's your body saying to you? You want to be healthy? It's really easy. I know a thousand techniques from 5,000 years ago, from 50,000 years ago, from this morning, technologies of super health. But really, and this is why I didn't write that book, because my higher self said, no, no, no not prevention, up here, up here in that place of knowing. How do you get yourself there? How do you get someone else there so that you really can mandate your body to do what you want or your life? Not by controlling it, but by feeding it a kind of energy. So what we call the higher self, the intuitive inner voice, the intuitive voice of your soul, is what allows you. How can you tell the difference uh, if you're fearless, if you're healthy, if you're happy? You know that, you know when you're listening to yourself, and you know when you're putting on the mask, and you know when you're hiding. But you can use technologies of consciousness to actually have something that your intellectual mind can bump up against, something that's physical. You can see an, an interpretation, just like a, a petroglyph or a or any kind of uh, structural uh, symbolism of something and allow it to enter energetically into your body. So uh, I know it's getting time for a little break, but um, let's just do that. Let's see if, what happens if you, if you find your inner voice. And then that inner voice becomes something that you start trusting, having faith in, uh, choosing. And then what happens in life is that it isn't that all of the challenges and the stressful situations go away. It's that you step forward to them. You embrace them. You find that you survive them. The stress levels go down. It's called grace. You live in grace. So let go of your minds for a minute. And, and let this brilliance that's in us that can conceive. You know, science does not know what imagination is. We do not know what it is. But we know that it changes us, our physicality, all aspects of our being. Close your eyes. 
take a deep breath into your body and breathe into your brain so you can let go of your brain. If you agree with me, you disagree with me, it's not really very important. Just breathe into your body. You're what's important. Now ask your higher self, again, the intuitive essence of your soul, that inner voice that every being has. Ask it to take a form for you. It might come as an animal or a tree or a star or a being or a symbol. Just ask it to take form. Take whatever you get. Again, you could feel it or hear it as well as see it. We have 70 senses. Now reach forward to this inner voice and perceive its qualities. Is it wise? Is it gentle? Is it powerful? What are its qualities? Whatever pops into your consciousness that are its qualities, just take a deep breath now and take that being, that symbol, that energy into your body because this is body language. Your body recognizes this. Just see it come in, feel it come into your body. And imagine that those qualities, peace, Wisdom, power, gentleness, whatever they are. That is, that form of your higher self comes into your body. Your body aligns to it. It activates and amplifies those energies in you so that you can know that you know. You can trust that you know. You can risk. You can risk following your inner voice. And take a deep breath and open your eyes. What did you get as a higher self? What was the form that came to you? Um, like some kind of lady in robes or like, yeah. What was its quality? Uh, power, um, gentleness, love, and wisdom. So when you take that into your body, your body's not going to go, now let's see, how can I argue that point? Your body's going to say, oh, yes, oh, yes. I know what that's like. I know what power is like. I know what gentleness is like. I know what that shimmering energy is like. And your body becomes it. And suddenly, you're wandering around, and you realize that you haven't been stressed out in a week as you've begun laughing. So um, we'll have a little break for the bladders. And, but I want Anna Greta to stand up. I don't know if you saw her. This is my wonderful Danish facilitator at the Light Institute, and who, with whom I love working and I'm so proud. And actually, I would like to do a few announcements before the break. It's just that we have a, a little address list down there, so if you want to to know next time, Chris is... Start with this conversation of miracles because as I was sitting there uh, writing the books 
Um, I was thanking my body because just a couple of months ago I broke three bones in my left wrist and left arm. And the left arm is about receiving. Of course, anyone would have broken and probably worse than I because I went up in the air and came down on marble steps. And, uh, but I'm left-handed. And so there I was, and I healed it myself. You know. So that's what I mean about walking our talk. Uh, not just pie-in-the-sky philosophizing, but having experience. And there is no one truth. There is no one truth. Uh, truth is what we experience. And I always say to my students, speak your truth, but don't be surprised if it changes tomorrow. Because as you grow, as you see more, as your hologram expands, as you have a bigger repertoire, uh, which is why we do incarnational work, um, you see truth in a different way. But I was so uh, pleased with my arm, uh, again, because uh, I was able to heal it by myself, uh, as we all can. Uh, I just came uh, this morning from last night in Germany where we had uh, many, many people walking over fire. And uh, at the end of our intensives, and we'll be doing at, where'd she go, Samsa, Samsa, Samsu, Samsu. We'll be having a firewalk. Uh, people can come to it uh, if you can get there. <laughs> and because it's a way of really knowing not talking about, but knowing that your body's a miracle and it will do what you ask it to and it will show you things that you never thought were possible. And so, uh, so I was writing that and seeing that nothing is permanent. We're, we're not caught in anything. And several people asked me about um, things that were happening in their bodies. So I'm going to take a, a few minutes and go over the this is the hands-on kind of conversation for super health. Because on the one level, um, it's not about just prevention, but it is about loving your body and uh, giving your body what it needs. And when I broke my arm, I, I really went into shock at first because it wasn't just a simple break. I, I've healed a uh, number of bones before, but this was a you know, couple bones that were broken. And um, my body cried. It cried as if it were a person. It wasn't me crying because it hurt. It was my body crying. So I can't emphasize enough to you that your body is a part of your soul. It's a part of your existence. It's a part of your truth. And so you've got to talk to your body, and it will teach you, and it will show you how to heal it. And there is nothing that really can't be healed. Of course, one of the first things that I had to learn in the healing field is that sometimes death is the healer. And it's not for anyone else to decide when someone else dies. Uh, but that, that's the way of shedding something. But what I know without a shadow of a doubt is that consciousness goes on beyond the body. One person was talking about their heart, and I feel uh, that, maybe some of you have seen that book that is in Danish, The Ageless Body, that our heart is very important because um, 
some people would say, we are the planet of the heart. In other words, the collective soul lesson that we have here is to bring forward a pure heart, a heart that evolves, a heart that knows unconditional love. And uh, so what's going on in our heart is, is a center of knowledge. It's a center of information in the same way the brain is. People always say, oh, don't follow your heart as if it were not intelligent. Oh, no. Spiritually, our hearts are very intelligent. And if they get you into a relationship that's a mess, then it was because this is good for you. You're going to get a gift from it, and you're going to get that gift from your soul friend. Uh, so uh, it's, a, it's always how we interpret our experiences that makes a difference. But um, I'm going to show you a couple of very ancient um, uh, technologies that have to do with the energy in the heart, and you could actually save someone's life, and that's why I want to teach it to you. And this, these are things that I learned when I kept having the, the heart attacks after my left ventricle had been blown out. Uh, and um, one of my teachers at Nijoni has actually saved two lives, two lives, one at an airport and one in a car accident by doing this with somebody who was literally having a heart attack because of what was going on. Um, remember when I was saying that every part of our body uh, is, is uh, like a part of a constellation? Every part, the nail over here, the, the part, corner of the ear over there, is telling a story, has a perspective. It has a purpose, and the cells that are in that uh, know that, that what that purpose is. And that's one of the fun things that's going on right now, is that as technology advances so that we begin to take our own, not someone else's, but our own stem cells and ask them to become this or that or the other, it's a way that's going to advance us into living for a very long time. Um, so um, your little finger, especially on the left-hand side, uh, and the inner side of the nail. The inner side, just look down at your left little finger and look at the inner side. That is the beginning of, in Chinese medicine, the heart meridian. And that means that it's a, it's a channel of energy that comes down like this, comes down here and comes into the heart. So if you, and, and what I'd like you to do is I'd like everyone to grab your little finger and just twist it back and forth. Squeeze your nail and twist it back and forth and see if it's real tender or if it's sore. If it's tender or it's sore, then your body is telling you something that, that medicine, Western medicine, could not tell you because they couldn't find something that subtle. It means the energy is not going into your heart. Is that because you're squeezing it? Is that because you're holding vengeance in it or sorrow or anger in it? Whatever it is, again, I said all of these things have emotional sources. Uh, your body's telling you right now, uh-uh, nobody's... Nobody's paying attention to this. You can do it on both sides, but the left side is the direct into the heart. So if you got into the habit of squeezing your little finger every day, you would be doing prevention uh, in, the, in the highest, most powerful energetic form. But you would also be doing something that is beyond that. 
you would be talking to your heart and saying, hello, hello, open, relax, love, be willing, give permission. And that's what's so important about the theme of the heart. It's not hard for us to say, you know, <laughs> why am I squeezing my heart? You can, everyone can figure out why we're blocking our heart, why we're protecting ourselves. So by, just by squeezing it, you'll create an energy. And often, when you start to do this, you'll feel your chest actually get light or warm. Maybe some of you are already having that sensation. Kind of warmth, a kind of relaxation in the heart. Because something is actually energetically uh, happening that would change any constriction that's in the heart. Uh, the, the other one that's very, very powerful is, and this is very interesting for me because I broke this thing here, uh, right where your, your wrist uh, comes in to your um, ulnar, to your arm bone right in here, there's a little niche. If you stick your thumb into that niche like that, and then you move your hand forward and backward. You won't like that sensation. Keep doing it until it feels a little numb or kind of unpleasant, like a nerve. Like, you know, when, when a part of your body goes to sleep, that's a very powerful immediate stimulus to the heart. And if somebody were having a heart attack, this one right here what could bring them around and save their lives. Because now, as you're doing this, Take your attention off the feeling in your hand and put your attention into your heart. Kind of feel your physical heart. Again, you'll feel it kind of get light or feel like it's widening in there, in your chest. You feel that? Yeah, so that's a very powerful healing point. And then there's another point which I'm going to give you. You could use four fingers, but we're going to use three fingers because there are two points here. This finger in the middle, in fact, if you really want to talk to your body, if you squeeze every one of your fingers, every one of them goes into an organ in your body. And it's not the muscles. You know, we get into, and I do love this about you guys and your bicycles, uh, because I think that if you bicycle around, you're going to live forever for sure. But we really get into the illusion that if we pump our muscles, you know, that, that that's what will make us healthy. No. Actually, it's what's going on in your inner organs that will keep you alive. Not, not the muscular level, but the organ level inside us. That's the essence of where we are, and that's what dictates our actual, again, choice of being alive, uh, our health. And that's why I said noticing if you're squeezing your organs is so very important. But if you take three fingers, and then you lay them across this little line at your wrist, at your wrist, <laughs> and lay them across like that. Where the outside one comes, if you just stuck your thumb in there, it's right between two little gristle points. If you stuck your thumb in there, and again, wave it back, you will probably find this pretty tender. This is a point to the emotional heart, literally to the pericardium. And the pericardium is a liquid-filled sac that supports the heart. It's like a baby in the womb. Our hearts want to be comforted. You feel that's kind of, it's not very pleasant, really, that one. That's the one if you tend to get car sick or you get air sick. 
they will give you a little uh, ball of something and tape it across there. Uh, it's pericardium six, six, and it changes the emotional heart. When I was doing acupuncture, which I gave up a long time ago, um, when I saw that someone needed to cry, that they, need, they were squeezing and they needed release, I would just stick that point and they would cry. It was automatic, scientific. You could, you could watch it happen again and again and again and again. So what does that mean? It means that all of us are carrying around a lot of emotions in the heart uh, that are not being released. What if we cried for joy? What if we learned uh, to f- have those moments of ecstasy and rapture and bliss? And the tears came from joy and not from sorrow. But so you can affect your body in ways that will give you the kind of super health. Super health could never just be a strong, muscular body. It would always be a body, and here's how I would define it. It would be a body that could do anything that you asked it. It could walk on fire. It could heal a bone. It could do anything that you asked it. But that's where that speaking to the body comes in. Uh, Another person was talking about uh, not being able to hear. And since I think that's a very uh, common thing in the world, some people have what we call selective hearing, which means that they no longer hear their husbands or wives, but they hear everybody else. Uh, (laughs) Or they don't hear what they don't want to hear. Some of us are born not hearing uh, very much in the outside world. There are many reasons for that on a karmic level. Uh, Many stories, which is one of the reasons that we love to open our consciousness and and look at what's the purpose. One of the things that I know is that if you might have caught me saying we have 70 senses, not five, not six. So there's not just the sense of, of hearing, the sense of vision. There are five senses of vision alone. But hearing is very important, as I was saying before, because... The inner ear sets up a vibration that nourishes the brain and allows these master glands, these endocrine master glands, to not only perceive and feed the body so that it can become a light body, so that it doesn't get dense and ill, but so that it is what it was made to be, a light body, Uh, but also expands so that we hear beyond. Uh, So hearing is very emotional. It's very subjective. Uh, It's always interesting to consider that your dogs hear things that you don't hear, you know, Uh, or to hear the sounds of a whale. The Light Institute is doing an intensive in Baja, California with the gray whales this year. You should come. because they're so fabulous, the way they make sounds and the way they communicate and the way they send out messages. And you can put your hand sometimes in their mouths. They're wild animals, uh, but they have some kind of a special relationship to people. So again, one of the things that we know, and now Western medicine would say, um, if you have ringing in your ears, for example, which a lot of people do, that it could mean that there's a disruption in your brain, and so that could be a problem. Uh, 
what I found, first of all, you can stop the ringing in the ears, and second of all, it's interesting that usually we think this is the left side of the feminine, or the receiving side in the body. So this is where you're going to hear or not hear. Uh, but in actuality, when we're hearing in the ethers, when we're hearing through dimensions, which we do, we often get messages. I think even if you've never thought about it, you know that sometimes somebody calls you when you're thinking about them. Or you think about something and then you, or someone, and you hear that something's happened to them or something's going on. Um, that's because we are connected psychically to each other. We, our brains do uh, communicate on levels that science is working on, the hundredth monkey, all of that kind of stuff. So when you are hearing something that's going on with somebody, it often will come into this right ear. So again, if you have ringing in the ears or suddenly you feel that this ear is stuck, you know, or isn't hearing, um, then it may be that there's a psychic message coming in. And if you, if you just simply said, I'm listening, and, and let your consciousness open to that, and then forget about it, suddenly you will know what that is. Suddenly you'll realize that you're thinking about someone or something's happening. That's what I mean about intuition, you know, and, and the success on all levels of our being that comes with using or developing our intuition. So there's, actually I'm not going to have time to go through this exercise, I see, because it's a little bit complicated. Uh, but if any of you want to know what it is afterwards, come up and I will show you. But I will show you that you know your ears, you have this little, this little gristle here, this little flap. Right in front of this flap is an acupuncture point that goes to the adrenals, which is where we exude adrenaline, fight or flight, which is what causes us anxiety and stimulates our heart and makes a mess out of our lives. And so one of the ways that we can move through um, stress or anxiety simply to put your fingers in front of that little flap and kind of there's a little indentation there where the corner of your jaw is and just move it around a little bit. Just move it around a little bit. Just make it go in circles. And again, breathe in and kind of bring your attention into your, the rib cage in the back. You can teach yourself to become aware of these things. They're happening and your body can know them. It's just that we never think on subtle levels. We never use our attention that way. Yeah. So that takes the stress out of the body. Ooh. Yeah, great. You may notice that your eyes fluctuated with that. When your body relaxes and, and you're not squeezing your organs, you can see, you can hear. So uh, what else can we talk about before this moment is over together? Uh, there's technology that could help my partner to stop smoking that I could offer. Yes. Um, there are many technologies. Um, of course, my favorite one and, and, and the one that I find to be very successful is to do incarnational work or to do uh, emotional body work so that you can go back to the moment in this lifetime that you began to smoke. And what was happening? Were you, was it because I want to be an adult, because I want to be um, free, because I want to be accepted, because I want to um, 
uh, rebel uh, because, 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 because. When we actually touch those points of reference, the self changes. When the self changes, even addictions change. Now, with addictions, they need holographic things. In other words, he may need nutritional support. Uh, uh, he may need something that uh, will take the place. What I found about the emotional body, and somewhat with the physical body as well, but especially the emotional body, it will not just give up something. You can't just say, I'm not going to smoke anymore. Well, you can. And you might do it, but then you'll probably start eating or something. Do something that's oral. Um, you, so in order to change whatever was the deep ins, uh, insecurity or, or fascination or thrill or whatever that was, um, you have to clear that from the mind of the cell. And you have to give the body something else. Punishment doesn't work. Negativity doesn't work. Taking away doesn't work. Uh, we need love. And we need love uh, nutritionally. We need love in a thousand different ways. And so you have to go into a holographic perspective to open that up. Acupuncture is very successful with that. But again, it needs to combine with other modalities so that the, the reason for it is released and replaced with something that takes your attention elsewhere. Yeah. Yes? Um, I would like to share what happened when I did the massaging of the little bone here. Yes. It felt like my hearing was expanding. It came first little like little squeaches like Fantastic. And, uh, then it suddenly started to feel like the, the ear went over to the other side of the room. Wow. And, and that's what we were made to be, like that. That's really using your senses. I don't know if you heard that. Did you hear that in the back? When he was doing this little rubbing here, all of a sudden he felt some little pricks. And pretty soon his hearing started to change. And it felt as if he could suddenly hear all the way to the other side of the room. So it opened up. So again, that's that squeezing. It opened up and gave life force energy uh, to that to that part of him. So thank you. That's great. What else do you want to know about before some of you have to take buses and trains and all that stuff? First hour, you talked about attracting things into your life. Yes. Um, Good. You said you would come back. So yep. I was saving that for wait a few minutes. I was saving that for my last uh, little. Thing, the talk about the auric field. But I'll take one more question first. Yes. About what? Headaches and migraines. Oh, head, headaches and migraines. We have that more and more in today's world. And again, it's a very holographic thing. Um, there are a lot of techniques that help that cranial work, helps that. Uh, anytime you have a headache, uh, you have a blockage of energy. Now, uh, migraines are usually to the side, on the sides of the head. And um, they come because related both to hormonal energies, but in Chinese medicine we would say uh, that the Wei Qi, or the protective energy, or the health energy in the body is uh, weak at that moment. Because it's being overwhelmed. That's why I keep going back to this. You want to be successful, you have to get over that idea that anything 
whether it's a, a food or something in the environment or, or a person, and sometimes we're allergic to people, uh, overwhelms you. So migraines often, because of where they are in the head, um, are triggered uh, by subtle, usually, um, food allergies. But it's also connected to the hormones, which are connected to the master glands in the head that I think are the secret to super health. If you have headaches in the back, it means your blood has toxins you're not digesting. If you're not digesting, you'll get the headache in the back or on the forehead. Uh, if you have it on the side, usually that's that horrible migraine. Um, so again, how do we get rid of them? We get rid of them by learning to listen to our own bodies. Uh, most people who are migraine sufferers, sufferers like epileptics, uh, they know when it's coming. Usually something uh, will trigger it. There's lots of things they say, you know, uh, if your hands are cold, then you, then you might get it. Uh, um, there are lots of things that people feel trigger it. Sometimes lights uh, trigger migraines. Uh, but because, like with epilepsy, you have that moment of feeling, oh, I'm not feeling well, and so you kind of sense it's coming. That's the moment to use consciousness because whatever I would be talking about, even if I'm giving specific little this and that things, it's all based on the power of consciousness. It's all based on how you teach your body to respond to your commands, because the body will do that. I could go on for hours and days telling you stories of people who have performed miracles, gotten rid of cancer, fixed this, done that uh, with their bodies because they learn to go inside with their consciousness. There's a difference between consciousness in your intellect and your mind, though. With consciousness, you, you have to be able to go in and actually stop trying to figure out why and let the body talk to you. you, you whenever there's pain, you don't want to try to avoid the pain. So taking the aspirin or the whatever that stuff is, is fixes it for the moment, but it doesn't fix the source. So all it does is create a groove through which the body just keeps trying to tell you the same message. What you want to do is break that. You, so the only way you can do that is to go into the pain with your consciousness and begin to work with it. We use light because the body understands light, because every cell in your body is actually made through ultraviolet light affecting the RNA and the DNA. So the, the, if you said, oh, I'm getting a headache, uh, what color do you need, brain, to release it? Again, to release the constriction, because all pain is caused because something's squeezing, whether it's a blood vessel or it's a tumor or whatever it is, something is stuck. And that's what pain is. It's simply energy that can't move. And so light, when the body tells you what it wants and you give it that light, it affects it. Chinese medicine, and some people find this effective, uh, squeezing this uh, right here, the little web in your hand. Probably a lot of you know that. It'll take the pressure out of your head. Uh, and it's related again to what we're digesting or not digesting. The intestines are where we hold grief. So. Uh, one of the first things that I learned years and years ago is that you might have a headache up here, but it may be an emotional, it always has an emotional attachment, it might be the grief, or you may need to touch this point over here or down to your feet to actually get the energy to move through the body so that it, re it releases. But you have to go to it, not away from it first. 
and let it move. So um, we were going to go back to this thing, which is attached to um, wielding our bodies, wielding our emotion, uh, living our truth, uh, being successful, sending the right message out. Uh, one of the problems with the yintalo and uh, etc., is that we don't actually um, stop and applaud ourselves. We, we don't actually say, good job, body, or well done, or I'm really happy. We don't pause, and that's why people today talk so much about meditation. Pausing, saying, that's really not important. And through my death experiences, uh, I, I really began to understand that, that 99.9% of what you're worrying about right now, you won't care at all about at the moment of your death. So why waste life? <clears throat> you won't think about the people that hurt you. You won't think about the money you lost. <laughs> you won't think about anything like that at all. But you might be incredibly joyous. People can't understand that, but it's true. So, what we want to do is to, begin, oops, is to begin to be aware that we are sending messages out. And a lot of those messages are, don't choose me, I can't do it, I'm overwhelmed, uh, you wouldn't like my body, um, uh, I'm not powerful enough, uh, I'm not the leader. It's infinite, the chatter that goes on in terms of how, what we send out. So, we want to begin to be aware. And, and again, we do have an electrical magnetic energy that radiates from our body. It's called the auric field. Probably some of you use it all the time. But we never stop to think, what am, what's, what's it saying to people? Uh, within the first 30 to 60 seconds of meeting a person, you know if they're available for sexuality, if they're available as a partner, if they're going to be a friend, if they're going to betray you, if they're your teacher. Uh, you know those channels of relation instantly because intuition and telepathy happen at the speed of light. And so they pick up from you very, very quickly uh, what's true, even if you're trying to bluff them, so to speak, which we all do by wearing our masks. So. We want to learn how to not hold this in. Uh, we want to clear our auric field. So uh, I think we'll do this both positively and negatively because that's what a, the point that I'm, I'm uh, wanting to make tonight. So what we're going to do is we're going to close our eyes and we're going to imagine that this streaming energy is coming out of us and going to look for a black spot or a hole or a tear that's holding negativity. It might be anxiety, it might be anger, it might be sickness. Um, uh, something that's not moving, that isn't what you want to tell the world. So close your eyes and take a deep breath into your body. Now again, just ask your body, it's called an auric field, Ask your body to show you this astral energy, this electromagnetic energy that's radiating out from you. If there are any black spots, if there's any holes, any, any scars in it, just imagine it's like, it's like a sheet of energy coming out from you. And just see, is, is there a little spot over here or a spot over there? Or 
Does it look like it's all scrambled or does it fall apart at the outside? And now ask your body, just see if you can tune in. What's the message? What's the strongest negative message that you're putting out at this time that you may not be aware of at all? What are you telling the world about you that that isn't what you want to tell the world? Just listen inside. What are you saying? Now again, look at that auric field, that energy, that message coming out from you, that beacon coming out from you that's telling the world, and ask your body what frequency of light it needs to brush the auric field, to clear it, to dissolve that message. You do it as if it were coming out in front of you, but really those messages come out behind you, beside you, above you, below you. But just think of it as coming out in front of you and ask what color is needed to wash that away, to smooth, to brush your auric field so that no negative messages are there. And then begin to imagine that you're using that color, that you're pouring it into your auric field and you're brushing it through and you're dissolving away negativity or fear or thought forms about you or about others. Sometimes we say, I, I don't trust you in your, in your body, and the person picks that up right away. So just brush all that out with light. And open your eyes. Now, really be brave. What did you discover? What was the message you were sending out that you don't want to send out to the world, that you just cleared from your body? Come on, come on. What? Yes. I don't want money. I don't want money. Oh, boy, it's great for you to get rid of that one. I could go on for an hour about that story because that's a psychogenetic imprint. And it's a conclusion, a collective conclusion that if you're really spiritual, that you don't want money, that you wouldn't have anything to do with that dirty stuff. So interesting, we, we never see the possibilities. The more money you have, the more you could use that to support this world, to change this world. What else? What else? Yes. I'm not enough. Very common one. How much is enough? All you have to do is <sighs> breathe out something positive, and you're more than enough. So where do we get these ideas? Your mother said that to you. You watch your, you watch your mother feel that. You saw your father do something. Your teacher said that. All of that is nothing to you. We don't have to carry memories. We don't have to carry those energies. Coral colors, a very powerful color, because it's orange mixed with a lot of red. So red is the color of life, and orange is expansion. <coughs> so coral is a specific frequency that the body recognizes, and it gives a message. So that coral color, talking about I'm not enough, is immediately going to change that message to, oh, yes, I am. I've got the energy to do that, and I can 
leap out because that's what orange does. Orange is always going to give you courage and it's going to take away pain and it's going to take you out there. Great. Over here. Yes. You got what? I need protection. I need protection. Very interesting. You know what that's really telling you, though? The clear, I need protection? What it's saying is, oh, no, you don't. You just need to expand. Yellow is the color of consciousness, so it shows us what's going on. And it's, it's, it's a very high frequency, that color of consciousness. It also calms and strengthens the nerves, and orange expands us. So in I need protection, your body's saying, just wash that out, because in actuality, you just need to remember who you are. 